You're listening to a message from the Winsboro Church of Christ. This is the Winsboro.Church podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or prayer requests, you can get in touch with us at any time through our website at Winsboro.Church. Good morning. I hope that everybody is continuing on with their study of Mark. We're deciding you know, this year to focus on Jesus. Because uh, what better can we do coming out of 2020, hoping for a better 2021, knowing that God's got it regardless of maybe how it affects us, but what can we do? We can focus on Jesus. And right now we're in the Gospel of Mark, and I hope that again that you're following along with the readings in the Gospel of Mark. And as we transition out of our previous series, which was about Jesus' authority, now we're looking at a nature, a side of Jesus, and a side of the kingdom, especially today, that's unstoppable. Mark is definitely an action movie kind of book. Uh, Luke is much more detail-oriented. The Gospel of Matthew is very much uh, said in a certain, maybe we would think like a, a Western Uh, movie genre now. Uh, The Gospel of John is this amazing deep drama that draws you in. And and it's not like Mark doesn't have some of those same characteristics and they all don't share, but if any of them, I'd say Mark is the action movie. Mark is this action hero. And and not just the guy going to do something good, but the greatest possible hero you could ever imagine that supersedes any expectation you might have. Because people had expectations. They had expectations about what it was to be a rabbi, a teacher. Uh, they had expectations about what it was to be a to be the Messiah, to be a king. Jesus blows past all those expectations. And one thing he shows again and again and again is he can't be stopped. Like a train barreling down the tracks. It doesn't matter what you put on the tracks, it's going to keep going. And Jesus is this train heading toward its inevitable conclusion. And that conclusion in his life is the cross. He headed there, you know, like a, like a steam train <laughs> bound and determined to reach that end. And now, after the cross, on this side of the cross, on this side of the resurrection, we're headed toward a new endpoint with that same force and unstoppable nature and that is Jesus's return the culmination of all things and it's coming and it's unstoppable because the kingdom of God is unstoppable Mark chapter 4 verse 26 he also said the kingdom of God is like someone who spreads seed on the ground he goes to sleep and gets up night and day And the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. By itself, the soil produces a crop, first the stalk, then the head, then the full grain in the head. And when the grain is ripe, he sends in the sickle, because the harvest has come. Just as seed on its own grows and produces, just as a garden grows and life, good gardeners don't give life to their plants. Even the best gardeners don't give life to their plants because life is God alone. It belongs to only God. 
And actually, when you look at the nature of something like a seed, you see uh, something unstoppable. You see that you put it in the ground, and though we don't know how, it sprouts, and then it grows, and then it spreads, and so many things. We've come to understand in our modern times, you know, through the scientific method and appreciating more of uh, agriculture and those things connected to it, but even still, it's a mystery. Even still, it is amazing that life plods along and that you can stop a lot of stuff, but a simple growing seed is a force to be reckoned with. And Jesus compares that to the kingdom of God that not by a farmer's own doing, not, not by a preacher's own doing, not by... You know, the people even involved in it, the workers in the field, none of them. They're just there to kind of go along with it, but the grain grows, the seed grows on its own. And that's the kingdom of God. In its very nature, it grows. In its very nature, it spreads. In its very nature, it thrives. And I think it's worth asking, as a minister, as a church, rather than what can we do to grow, more think of it in the lines of why aren't we growing? Because that's what the kingdom of God does. And not that every church and every instance and every place, every faithful church has always grown and something's wrong if it hasn't. Not necessarily. Uh, there are times of challenges and persecutions and a, and a halt to the growth sometimes. Not through a fault of the believers, but it just happens in a different circumstances, different ways each time. But uh, as a whole, the kingdom of God grows like crops in a field. And you couldn't stop it if you tried because that's its nature. And we need to appreciate that and maybe get out of the way a little bit, let it grow on its own accord and just hold on and try to grow with it, trying to be a part of that growth like workers in the field. Chapter four, verse 30, he also asked, to what can we compare the kingdom of God? Or what parable can we use to present it? It is like a mustard seed that when sown in the ground, even though it is the smallest of all the seeds in the ground, when it is sown, it grows up, becomes the greatest of all the garden plants and grows large so that the wild birds can nest in its shade. So he continues this you know, theme of agriculture of seeds, and then he points out a specific seed. That's the mustard seed. So incredibly small the smallest of the seeds that they would plant in, in that time in Jesus' day, and yet it grew to be one of the largest plants. It grew to be strong and big enough, you know, and that they didn't just fade away, but big enough that birds could come and rest to provide shelter, to provide security, and yet it started as just a speck. That's the kingdom of God. And it grows unstoppable like a seed and it also starts small like a seed. And we can trace that through all of Scripture. You think about Abraham, when and it was the promise to Abraham that really launched 
the overarching theme of God rescuing his people, of God redeeming, of God bringing blessing to the entire world through one nation, through one people, through the Israelites, just one man. And even as they became a nation, they're a pretty small nation. In the grand scheme of things, you draw back and look at a map of the world and Israel is just this tiny, small portion of it. And it was never a grand empire on the scale of the world stage, but God used it. And then a man shows up centuries later in the town of Nazareth. And he stands up in a little synagogue and he starts to give the good news. The good news that he himself He's the king who's bringing a kingdom. And that kingdom is going to grow and going to overwhelm and conquer and thrive because that's what it does. And you cannot stop it. We have an unstoppable, we, we are part of, we serve God's unstoppable kingdom. Matthew chapter 16, verse 16. Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ. Jesus said, who am I? Simon Peter answers, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, you are blessed, Simon, son of Jonah, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower. Maybe your translation says the gates of hell will not overpower. The gates of the place of death, destruction, the most ancient of enemies that has overpowered everyone for all time because we succumb to death. Death does not get the kingdom of God. Death does not get Jesus, its king. Death does not get all those who can follow Jesus into a new life. It's unstoppable. If there's any verse in Scripture that shows the unstoppable nature of the kingdom, it's this one. The gates of hell itself can't stop it. Whatever defenses hell and Hades and death you know, might have, don't stop this oncoming train from just breaking right through. That's the kingdom of God. That's how it grows, it's how it thrives, and it's what we're a part of. This is a map of the religions of the world. And as you maybe can guess, purple is Christianity. The influence of Christianity, where in those countries, in those places, the majority of citizens, of people in those countries, at least recognize a connection to, or an allegiance to, or a, a devotion to Jesus. It's Christianity. In a very broad sense, and there are many differences in that Christianity, differences that are important and differences that we would emphasize, and rightfully so. But as a whole, you think about how small it started and where it is now, and just how much of the earth is covered with men and women following Jesus. Uh, imperfectly, yes, but following Jesus. 
and making that a core part of their life and how much the message of Jesus has spread. There are 2.168 billion Christians. I'm sure that's not a precise number and it's hard to maybe tell who falls into that category. Well, again, anyone with any kind of connection or self-profession toward Jesus, that's a lot of people. It's actually 31% of the world. The populations of the world, 31% have a connection to, an association with, a uh, allegiance to Christianity. Second place, probably not surprising, is Islam, uh, the Muslim religion. It, though, is quite a bit behind whenever you count up the numbers. 1.599 billion. And only, I mean, still a large number, but only 23.2%. We, as Christians, maybe have an inherent fear of Islam. And uh, not that we don't have maybe reason for concern. And not that we would maybe have and need a passion in order to try to help people see the light of Christ, even as maybe they are buried in their Islamic faith. And, and, and that, you know, that we want to shine a light. It's not just fear, it's a you know, desire to, to help and to keep expanding, to keep growing. But when it comes down to it, you look at the spread of Christianity over the millennia, technically, just from a you know, practical point of view, it's really not us as we worried about Islam, it's Islam worried about Christianity. Because we've continued to spread, we've continued to grow, we've continued, there's been a force at move within Christianity that's been unstoppable. And we who believe don't think that's coincidence or just, oh, well, how it happened. It's uh, God's behind it. But let's be honest about this map. There's a whole lot of purple there, which is encouraging. But there's a whole lot of people within those purple that aren't necessarily furthering the goals of God's kingdom. There's a lot of people in those purple that are maybe Christian in name only. And while I still believe the kingdom of God is growing and will continue to grow, and one day will be completed when Jesus comes back, it's, uh, there are some obstacles. And sometimes it feels as though when we look around this world that Christianity is maybe in a bad place. People are becoming less Christian, less Christian morals, less Christian values. And yeah, they still might say Jesus. A lot of people aren't even doing that, but those that even still might say Jesus maybe aren't following, living by his design, living underneath his reign, submitting to his rule. And not just a few here and there, but probably a huge majority of those that would say they're Christian maybe aren't committed. 
And that has had a hugely negative impact. Hugely. Had an enormous negative impact on the growth of Christianity, on, on the inherent validity of Christianity that now, because so many nominal Christians, Christians in name only, or maybe just from Christian societies, and they don't really care about that, all that stuff anymore, but still the names are on the book somewhere. Because of that, Christianity, its power has looks like it's been lessened. And... Uh, and that, more than Islam or anything else, gives me cause for concern. But I have to ask, well, is it true? I mean, all these stories about you know, the kingdom of God growing and flourishing, the parables of Jesus and that statement, the gates of hell won't prevail against it. What do I do with that whenever it looks like... Uh, we might be losing some ground. How do, how do I come to terms with that? Well, ultimately, I believe. I believe what Jesus said. And I look back over history and I see some ebb and flow of Christianity and I even hear some words of Jesus about pruning, about you know, these agricultural metaphors of cutting back the dead, pruning off the ones that don't produce fruit so that new ones and can, can continue to thrive and grow. And there'll be times where it's maybe trimmed back and maybe we're in one of those times. But in faith, I know that the kingdom of God will not be stopped. It is unstoppable. And when I think about faith, that brings me to Hebrews. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 2. In verse 5, comparing Jesus to angels, he says, For he did not put the world to come, about which we are speaking, under the control of angels. Instead, as the scripture tells us, someone testified somewhere, What is man that you think of him? Or the son of man that you care for him? You made him lower than the angels for a little while. You crowned him with glory and honor. You put all things under his control. And here, the author of Hebrews quotes from Psalm 8. And he's making a point that this psalm is not about angels. This psalm is about, well, man, but who's going to be the epitome of man? But Jesus, the Son of God, the Son of Man, as he called himself. For when he put all things under his control... He left nothing outside of his control. At present, we do not yet see all things under his control. Now here's the rub. God puts everything under Jesus because he is the ultimate king. He is God himself. The kingdom of God comes powerfully in him. And we believe it. But when we open our eyes and a realistic view of the world, we say, oh, it doesn't look like it. We don't, we don't see Jesus' control everywhere, not by a long shot. Even in those purple countries that you know, would be represented by majority Christians, not even close. So what do we do? Well, we look with 
different eyes. Look at verse 9. But we see Jesus, who was made lower than the angels, for a little while, now crowned with glory and honor, because he suffered death, so that by God's grace, he would experience death on behalf of everyone. And Hebrews goes on and shows us how Jesus is superior in every way. Like our theme, unstoppable. That what, whatever competition Jesus might have, and even good competition, like angels here in Hebrews chapter 2, where he goes on to talk about Moses and the law and the covenants, and how Jesus is better than all of it because he isn't stopped. And the kingdom that he brings is not stopped. And we see a world falling apart around us. And we see Christianity taking maybe some hits and having some struggles from the way we would look at it. But Hebrews encourages us to see it through the eyes of Jesus. His kingdom's not going anywhere. Maybe there's some pruning to do. Maybe there's some discipline to give. Maybe there's some reorienting and bringing people back under the absolute reign of their king, not just giving them lip service. Jesus is at work. His kingdom's not going anywhere. As a matter of fact, it's growing. And we see that through faith. We see what we don't see as later on Hebrews chapter 11 tells us. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for, being convinced, your translation might say certain, of what we do not see. We don't see Jesus over everything yet. But in faith, we look and we see Jesus and his kingdom mightily expanding. And not just expanding on maps. So I use that map, but I... I don't like that map, really, because God's not about maps. God's about hearts. God's about people and transforming lives one at a time and how that march has continued on throughout all history. That unstoppable progression of God's kingdom from one heart to the next as Jesus forgives as the Holy Spirit fills, and as we are led in lives of service to our God and to our King. And again, we don't see that with the world's eyes, not in the least, but we're convinced of it. Not because we see it, but because we believe it. We have faith that we might struggle and sometimes they might have reason for concern, legitimate reason to think, you know what? Let's step up and do our jobs. Absolutely. But don't be afraid that, God can't, that God's kingdom is going to fail. It can't. It's unstoppable. 